Okay, hi, I'm back again for my second uh, podcast. Now, normally, uh, as we come up through April, and particularly towards April the 25th, uh, which is uh, Anzac Day, which commemorates, uh, for most Australians anyway, the not just the uh, gen- um, the the landings at Gallipoli in, in during the First World War, um, but also commemorates uh, loss for all wars um, that Australians have been involved in. Um, if you go to the War Memorial uh, in Canberra, uh, you'll see on the bronze panels in the in the um, cloisters area as you walk in um, the names of over well nearly 103,000 uh, Australians that have uh, lost their lives in in wartime. Um, but normally at this time of the year, I get a bit narky as well about things. Um, Australia and maybe overseas as well. Uh, a lot of our our history is being now written by by journalists uh, who tend to be a bit jingoistic and willing to push uh, myths rather than um, than being written by historians who who are looking at you know the history and finding the truth. And so we end up with a a National Foundation story of Gallipoli um, that is a myth rather than reality. Uh, and so we get, you know, this time we all this stuff comes out, whether it's uh, in uh, the media, um, on channels like History Channel, which I'm sort of starting to push away from, you know, Ancient Aliens is history. I mean, come on, that's, that's pushing it. Um, uh, social media as well, uh, online media, um, sources such as Huffington Post and things like that. I mean, my personal view of Huff Post is that it's, if it was a real newspaper, I'd hope it was soft and absorbent because um, I'd have other uses for it. And which directs me to where I'm going for this little podcast is, uh, it's an article that was written for them uh, a couple of years ago in 2015, and its focus is on the the landings at Suvla Bay uh, in as part of the August offensive on Gallipoli in, in 1915. And while the article was written by a guy called Joseph McAuliffe, uh, what got me through the article was the images they use. And a couple of the images, uh, one that um, shows Australian, uh, which they label as uh, Anzac troops advancing uh, against Ottoman positions along the Seri Bear Ridge. And the image they use is one that was taken by a, a British Admiralty photographer by the name of uh, Ernest Brooks, and he was the official photographer. Okay, And he took actually uh, over 500 photos um, on Gallipoli and on the islands around Gallipoli uh, during that, that time and after as well. Okay, so, but the, pro- the thing is about Ernest Brooks's photographers, ph- photographs, I should say, is a lot of them are staged, including this one. Um, while HuffPost look at it and go, okay, this is Australians advancing as the Seri Bear Range in, in August, if they'd gone and done a little bit of research, and this is part of the issue with journalists doing, um, and agencies doing uh, history rather than proper historians, is their lack of research, uh, They'd find the photo, a copy of the original, as part of the Australian War Memorial Collection, um, digitised for all to see, and clearly labelled in the original caption that it was a photo, and the word charge is in inverted commas, 
that was arranged by the official photographer. The key word here is arranged, and basically what it's saying is in the original caption that this was a staged photo. Um, the other part of it is that it was actually taken on the 18th of December, um, only about two days, I think, before the evacuation from uh, of the Anzacs Australian New Zealand Army Corps uh, and their allied troops from um, around that Anzac area. So, I mean, that was that was one photo that, that uh, they, they, they mucked up. But it, this one is a common photo because it, it regularly appears Anzac Day um, in stories about the First World War and Anzac in general. Uh, that particular photo by Brooks is one that's regularly used. Um, another one that's regularly used um, is one where uh, that shows a uh, an Australian soldier carrying his uh, mate on his back uh, down to from the front lines down to the dressing stations. And this is another one uh, taken on the same day, the 18th of December, by Ernest Brooks, and it's a staged photo. Uh, they may sort of show the conditions and show you know what a charge might have looked like but they're they're staged they're set up um, to say that they're an actual action shot to say that they're um, troops advancing against the ridge in 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 august 2015 uh, 1915 is just plain wrong okay um now one of the other photos they used and it's an interesting one because they actually label this image as british troops landing at Suvla Bay in August of 1915. Problem was, they've actually cropped the photo down. And if you actually have a look at the real photo, um, you can actually see at the bottom of it, um, the label that says it's Australian troops landing at Anzac Cove on the 25th of April. Um, and when people start to talk about alternate facts or false history, um, I think you can start to see where people are coming from. Uh, it's a blatant um, incorrect use of a photograph to sort of to demonstrate um, their point of view. You know, firstly, they're not British, they're Australian, and secondly, the date's wrong, and they deliberately cropped out the image, cropped down the image, I should say, to get rid of that, um, the actual date that's on the photograph. Uh, <clears throat> pardon me. So, you know, that's the second one. Uh, the third one... Again, they label it as the British beachhead at Suvla Bay, but a very quick research and, and look up on the internet um, shows that it's actually uh, soldiers, Australian soldiers landing on the 25th of April. And the actual captions, and while I, I plug the War Memorial a lot because it's an excellent resource for um, Australians during wartime, especially photos and um, technology and heraldry and things like that, uh, this one here, and the, and the caption says, and there's a record of it, that it's actually the 4th Battalion um, of this Australian Imperial Force landing at Anzac Cove on the 25th of April uh, at approximately 8am. Uh, it even goes that far. And it even picks out who some of the figures are in the photo. So to say that they're British, to say that it's at Suvla Bay, to say it's in August, again, is just plain wrong and, and poor journalism. Now, I mean, when I say poor journalism... I'm not sure whether I can blame Joe McAuliffe, um, sorry, get his name right, um, Joseph Mikalev, um, for doing that. Um, I'm probably more targeting HuffPost uh, for their, and their editorial staff who putting the article together 
in its final form uh, to put their, uh, those images in. So I'm sort of maybe sort of shying away from blaming the author uh, and, and hitting on the editorial team is instead. Uh, but these are things that, that crop up regularly. Uh, I mean, when they looked at, um, in one of their other articles, uh, that photo of the landing on the 25th of April, um, where they said it's in, in, in one article they're saying it's British troops, the other article is saying it's British and Australian troops. I mean, which one is it? You know, come on. Um, as I say, it's, it's... I'm not that uh, enamoured of Huffington Post. Um, it's probably, you know, it's certainly a left-wing uh, paper, and it's one that, yeah, sure, if your views conform to what their views are, uh, it might support your views, but it's not very good for arguing other points of view and things like that. Uh, so that's... Um, that's that little bit. Uh, and other things I get a bit narky about at this time, we get these mythical stories about how uh, the landing at Anzac Cove failed because they landed in the wrong place uh, and that they should have landed a mile uh, further south on what's called uh, Brighton Beach, uh, what was named Brighton Beach. There's nothing in the orders that give them a specific beach to land on. Uh, the orders for particularly for 3rd Brigade, which provided the covering force, were they were to land uh, on a stretch of beach from Gabatepe in the south to a fisherman's hut in the north. Anzac Cove is right in the middle of that. Uh, the concept of a, a, of a wrong beach gets blown out straight away. There's no specific order that says they have to land at Brighton Beach or they have to land at this particular spot. They've got a three-mile stretch of beach to land on. They land right in the middle. Um, and to say that the landing, the, the whole operation failed because of that error uh, is nonsensical as well. I mean, by 8 o'clock in the morning, there are 8,000 Australians and New Zealanders ashore at Gallipoli. Um, by the end of the day, there's 18,000 Australians, New Zealanders and Indian troops ashore at Anzac Cove. Uh, drawing Turkish troops away from um, the main landings, which are actually in the south, at a place called Cape Helles. And in Cape Helles, all of the, the, correct, the, the troops landed on the correct beaches. Uh, however, because they landed in daylight, the troops suffered major casualties um, as they came ashore, uh, especially, I think, at V Beach. Um, and uh, that's where the, the landing failed. I mean, there were still troops on the beach at nightfall where the Australians had, had forced their way inland and were occupying... Um, Turkish ground and occupying Turkish troops, which was their main intention. The Australian New Zealanders and the, and the Indians that landed at Anzac Cove were um, were not the main landing, and that's another thing that comes out through the Gallipoli story, particularly in Australia, is that we we think oh well, yeah it was the main landing, uh, we it failed because we landed in the wrong spot, uh, we were let down by British leadership. Um, of course, you can't blame Australians for the failure. Um, some of the operations after we got ashore um, and some of the command control issues, Sinclair McLagan, who instead of sending his reinforcing brigade um, as ordered to the left hand, to his left flank uh, and the high ground, sent them to the right instead. So those sort of things um, meant that things didn't go according to plan. But as I said, 18,000 troops uh, uh, on, on ground at the end of the day um, 
occupying Turkish troops, occupying Turkish ground. Um, so anyway, look, that's just my little, um, I think, grump for the moment. And uh, for any more stuff on, on what I've said today and some of the other things related to, to history or wargaming or things like that, um, if you go to Frosty's Kennel, uh, F-R-O-S-T-Y-S, Kennel, um, and you put in wargaming as well, uh, you'll find my blog site and uh, some things there uh, that might interest you. But anyway, I'll, I'll leave it for now. I've, I've worked myself up. And uh, I'm off out to play uh, a real set tonight called Baroque, Baroque, sorry, um, which is a, a Renaissance real set um, from the same stable that brought you Impetus. And uh, I'm putting up my uh, 1644 Scots Royalists uh, against some Ottoman Turks, which should be uh, just talking about Turks and Gallipoli. Uh, should be an interesting um, confrontation, I hope, uh, down their local um, club. Um, so anyway, thanks for listening, and uh, I shall see you again soon, or hear you again soon. Bye. <laughs>